Are we ready? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hat's off. God damn. Let me go sip. I need a drink of my sip. Sipping on my sip. That was good. <laughs> Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule, well, until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? Gotta think somebody's ridiculed this shit before. <laughs> Gotta think. After what we just went through. Mark, how was your week? It was um, It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> your weekend was good? Uh, yeah. We're sure. convening here. Come on. Not the greatest weekend in the world, but a fine weekend. Okay, Jaguardini. Jaguardini was great. I saw a little bit of the show on. Uh, the show uh, was somebody a lot recorded of fun. it. It sounded good. Thank you. It sounded very good. Um, I play in a band called the Dead Nettles. I I, I play drums in the Dead Nettles, which is largely um, everything is written by Dave Groves, who is an incredible songwriter um, and just dude. Um, and he was nice enough to ask me along. I play some bass. I play some drums. I sing some backing vocals. Um, and then we got a third person, uh, Doug Smith, who is a great guitarist, very atmospheric, very jam bandy. I didn't know that. And added a a cool little flavor. And then, um, Saturday was our first show with Keith cute, who I played in. He's uh, in it too now. He is. Um, so they're both playing synth and guitar and bass. Guitar powerhouses in that band. It's, it's, I was three. I think Doug, Dave and Keith are all incredible well dave is principally uh keyboards and but vocals. he does play some guitar and he rips okay. my dude rips um so yeah the show is a lot of fun um and uh if you're a listener and you live in miami i'll be playing there um at gramps um august 23rd i think or 25th the 25th 25th thank That's you i'm keeping my shit together because i can't remember how was your weekend weekend uh it was good it wasn't <laughs> like the week weekend. and weekend not it wasn't weekend, weekend. Uh, my weekend was not like the weekend before uh was, i worked a lot uh around the house but uh you know last couple of days have been not bad you know as far as work days go mm-hmm. so can't complain daddy getting some stuff done getting st- getting your shit done well, let's uh, let's just get right into yeah, it. Yeah, let's huh? cut to the chase here. I mean, because it's a weeknight. Uh, it's it's a little late. I had you come here a little bit later. I appreciate you. Um, we are here to talk about a song that when I hear it, I immediately think of a, a 1984 movie um, playing over the beginning credits. Um, the song is She's a Beauty by The Tubes. Mm-hmm. Um, from their album Outside Inside, released in 1983. So a couple things I just kind of want to mention right off the top. I think uh, Seth has been a good boy and he's been looking up the history of the tubes. I do remember my parents having a live tubes record uh, when I was young. And um, to tell you like a little bit of a story, my parents had hundreds of records in milk crates sitting on the floor. My parents went on vacation either to Key West or Maine or something, left me alone. And being a big uh, grown-up boy, you know, 15 or 16 years old, I uh, my friends and I went to go uh, spend a, a delicious night uh, feasting at the Olive Garden, <laughs> like rich people. 
And before we went, my friend um, went to use the toilet and did not jiggle the handle and ended up over flooding the entire house. Whoa. And in that ruined a bunch of my parents records. You mentioned um, this without telling the story before. Yes. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I cleaned a bunch of them up. I threw a bunch out that I didn't want or didn't need or that were, you know, basically uncleanable. Um, however, I did um, have some that were untouched. One of those records that was untouched, I remember very clearly, is a live tubes record. Um, and, you know, I always thought they seemed kind of cool because they were kind of glammy, sort of punky. Um, and before this, I think they kind of were. Um, they did a lot of stage show stuff. Yes. Um, and a lot of people loved it. A lot of people said that like, when you go to see them, you got your money's worth. They did costume changes. Uh, they did the whole nine yards, man. They really, really went, uh, above and beyond. Um, this song is not the stuff that I remember from that record and kind of he- from the stuff hearing that record. Um, I-, I hate this song. Yeah. Um, it is very infectious. You cannot help but tap your foot to it, but I, it just really irks me. I can't help but think that these guys, when they wrote this song, thought that they were being very edgy and clever and thought that they were on the cutting edge of everything that the 80s and the future of music would be. When in reality, it's extremely corny. It is very corny. It's corny as shit. And and the video. Boy, are we going to go into depth on this video. This video. It's yeah. just a mess. Now, I want to just go ahead and I, I would be remiss if I did not mention... This song is co-written not only by David Foster, mm-hmm. who um, produced the entire album. Um, very, uh, very important Canadian musician, producer, etc., cetera, uh, who is a chairman at Verve Records from tw- uh, 2012 to 2016 and won 16 Grammy That's Awards big deal. from 47 nominations. So he knows what he's doing. But also Steve Lukather. You would well, know him, of course, from Toto. Toto, yes. Um, and, and, and Michael Jackson and Michael from Jackson Thriller. And, and from Bozgags. And, and tons from, of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you listen in the backing vocals from some things that I read, Bobby Kimball uh, singing a bunch in the chorus of this. Bobby Kimball also from Toto. Um, so this has got Toto just drenched all over it. This is saturated in the it 80s. It stinks of Toto. It, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, but Toto, I, I'd venture to say a little better. Oh, I mean, I mean especially well, you know given how that, I feel about Toto. How you do, I know, but I mean, just that, the, I mean, you don't have to see the singer and the corniness of him in the video. It, it comes through audibly in the song, but that, that singer is just over the top goofy. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, the tubes? I can. I can. T- you never mentioned, Mark, what that movie is that you saw this song from. Well, I, I was just saying I pictured it in my mind. I didn't know it was. Oh, our- I thought you said. So I, but I would- it is in. It's, it's, it featured prominently in is two movies. Is it weird movies. science? No. Okay. It's actually Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> kind of. It's Deuce Bigelow. I mean, yeah, the circus that that movie Are was. Are you talking about the male gigolo? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. The male gigolo, and uh, it's also in Miss Congeniality. Okay, so no 80s, yeah. no 80s movies. No, I'm sure it's in some 80s movie but out there. I just picture, you know. But that, I remember it in Deuce Bigelow. Like the 80s movie where you just see like everybody pulling up to school and like, <laughs> you know, like people getting out, you know, like, and yeah. the, the, the music starts like, uh, 
starts ending or 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 fading out right when like the teacher walks in. It's the book into Sister Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This would be the, this seriously. This would be the perfect intro song for Weird Science. Yeah, it would. Yes, because I don't think like it was in the movie. Very on the nose, talking about an attractive woman, and of course that famously had Thomas Dubley in it. Of course, Dubley. Dubley. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the tubes. This, sorry, this was released in 1983 on the album Outside Inside. I can't remember if I remember the album. Um, the tubes had been around for a little while beforehand. Yeah, um, had started. Uh, I mean, when you look at their wiki, it's uh, started with a 75 debut album that included a single that apparently was popular. I didn't know anything about it. Um, from San Francisco, the single's called White Punks on Dope. Yes. Um, and then I think that, I think She's a Beauty is the biggest thing that they ever did because I've never heard uh, anything other than this song by the Tubes. I mean, you have. Yeah. But I don't know of anything in the public consciousness. They also performed in the 1980 film Xanadu, which of course my friend <laughs> Brett could probably point out exactly what song it is because he's very familiar with that movie. Constantly referenced it. It was an odd thing with him. Uh, they formed originally in 1972 in San Francisco. Uh, featuring members from two Phoenix, Arizona bands, uh, later re- re- relocating to San Francisco, going all the way back to 72. I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm telling you, they were around for like the punk movement and yeah. and a lot of that stuff. I got to hear. I got, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm interested. I want to hear what they I were like. I think you would like it. Maybe. Um, originally in a band called The Beans, alternately billing themselves as a band called Radar Men from Uranus. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're, I don't know, they might be pretty funny guys, I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, Bill Spooner, Rick Anderson, Vince Welnick, Bob McIntosh. Uh, the other members was from a, from, were from a band called the Red, White, and Blues Band. They sh- should just call themselves Terrible. Puns from the West. <laughs> um, That's up there with Blues, what was Blues Traveler's original name? Oh, yeah. Blues, blues band. band. Yeah, oh, God, man. So... Essentially, Blues Traveler uh, West, uh, I should say. (laughs) Not really that much that's essential to them. The singer of this band uh, is Waybill, and he has a nickname of Fee. That's what people refer to him as. Born born as John Waldo Waybill. Right. And both of us wondered, why was he named Fee Waybill when we looked at the band members? That was a ridiculous name. Uh, We wondered where it came from, and it is short for Fee meaning Fiji, thanks to his copious head of hair. I have no idea why that's an explanation. Doesn't the 70s a were a weird sense. fucking time. Yeah, they really were. Um, okay, so yetzed around San Francisco, did unusual shows, uh, got into synthesizers. Uh, I guess they th- believe that they're uh, pioneers of that. Whatever, doesn't really matter. Um, one of them was a classmate of Catherine Bigelow. You know who Catherine Bigelow is, don't Female you? Female Bigelow. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. The name sounds familiar. She's an actress or a director. She's a or something? director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She did. Uh, she did a lot of uh, films there. I mean, quite a few films that you. She did Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis. Point Break. I've heard of Point um, Break. Yeah. She's she was a, she was a very uh, uh, married to to James Cameron for a little while. Oh. Made uh, a, a a film uh, The Weight of Water. Really, really good. And I believe she's the one that did. Yeah, she is the one that did The Hurt Locker, which is a. Oh, that's huge. A fucking great movie, man. That is huge. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that's... Yeah, I'm just going to pull you away from that because we don't need to know anymore about this Yeah, it's not that much, really that important. Anyway, so 1983 comes around, they put out this album that is um, largely produced by David Foster and Steve Lukather, though he doesn't get songwriting credit in a lot of his stuff. You get him in there and he immediately starts affecting the songwriting, whether you like it or not. The guy just has an ear for great guitar parts. Um, if you, you know, like him or not, you listen to Toto, you listen to 
most of the stuff that he's been a, a session musician on, he just has a very specific style and he has the, just this, this power of affecting your song and making it better in almost every capacity. Seems like a really nice guy. I did get to see Toto live um, and they were even <coughs> in their, you know, uh, <laughs> their state in the late two thousands. Um, they were still fantastic. And Steve Lukather is a big part of that. I have a feeling that that kind of talent just sticks with you until you die. Yeah. 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 And he just seems like the kind of guy that is just friendly to everyone. I don't, I don't know. He, he seems, from... yeah. I mean, I haven't really heard him talk a lot, but it seems like he probably is. So should we talk a little bit about what this song is about and, and what started this song before we get into the lyrics? Before we say anything else, the B-side to this song is called When You're Ready to Come. Yes, yeah, uh, that. Non-album Other uh, singles from this record, The Monkey Time mm-hmm. and Tip of My Tongue. Um, but yeah, we can go ahead and talk about the background of this song. Let's so, tell me what's going on here. As mentioned, Fee, Waybill, and Co. moved, relocated to uh, San Francisco. And, uh, you know, what is this song about slash are these lyrics dumb? Um, I would I would say that maybe you're going to get a little bit of, of both. So he says that the song was inspired by a peep show booth, uh, just kind of like, I guess, what you would expect. Um, and there was a sign that said, pay a dollar, talk to a naked girl. Originally, the lyric was supposed to be you can talk to a naked girl. Okay. Um, but the label put the kibosh in a bunch of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, including a bunch of stuff in the music video. There was supposed to be a, a topless mermaid. They put the, the kibosh on that. They had a bunch of titties uh, in the music video of different... Overt um, titty. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the music video now, there's still a lot of titty. Uncovered titty. I mean, in and I don't mean human being titty. I mean drawings of titties, etc. But still, um, for a music video from the 1980s, kind of surprising that they... In the video, um, there's a girl uh, like on a maybe a trap, uh, like a picture of a woman in a bikini. Who's got some areola? It's popping, popping out of the top of the yeah. bikini. It's very seductive. Don't know. I had actually to tell a friend of mine. Uh, she posted a picture of herself doing some yoga, and I said, "You got some, you got some nipple showing." <laughs> And she was like, oh, shit. Like Elaine's Christmas and she, card. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she took it down. She was like, thank you for the heads up. Calling and I was me like, nippy. Yeah, no problem. I just, you know, noticed that and just thought I, I, I think I was kind of asking. I was like, it looks like you have some areolae Heads showing. up. Um, and uh, so she took it down quick and in a hurry. Mm. But um, yeah. So this is this is a happy story. Fee's story about what happened. So sit down because it's a long one. She's a beauty did actually come from a real experience. I lived in San Francisco and there was a red light district downtown. It was called the Tenderloin, which is great. It's real. Yes, I know. I don't think he's making it up. I didn't know. I didn't know. And it was it was where there were seedy clubs, bars, prostitutes. It was the underbelly of San Francisco. I can't remember why I was there. I love this part. Mm -hmm. I can't remember why I was there. I wasn't going to a massage parlor or anything. Maybe it was going downtown to Macy's or something like that. Yeah, okay, Fee. Sure. It's like he talked himself into a corner, was immediately like, uh, uh, explanation, explanation. Uh, The the Fee doth protest too much. But in front of massage parlors and houses of prostitution, they used to have these little kiosks. Out in front of this one massage parlor, there was a kiosk that was like a phone booth. It was enclosed, and the sign said, pay a dollar, talk to a naked girl. 
It was supposed to arouse you so you would go into the happy ending type of massage parlor. It had been there for years, and I'd never done anything like that before. But for some reason... Explanation, explanation! Can't imagine why. I went up to it and put in a dollar in the thing because I was curious. You put a dollar in, the wall slides down, and there is a girl in there who is scantily clad. She starts disrobing at the same time, talking about, hey, baby, come in. We'll take care of you. I was such a rube and so naive. It was this gorgeous girl, and I'm going, what are you doing this for? You're so gorgeous. Why are you doing this? You could be a model. She completely ignored whatever I said and kept giving her speech her spiel. She, yeah, come on in, honey. Uh, before we, she would actually take anything off, the thing would come down again and it was pay another dollar, so I put in another dollar. We were looking for new tubes dancers because we had lost our dancers between the last album and this one. So I kept saying, you can be a dancer in the tubes. Can you dance? Can you sing? And she just completely ignored me. So I don't blame her and I don't blame I, the singers for leaving. I, he sounds annoying. Completely. I mean, just what to show. go in there and tell the what guy. What are you doing this for? Why are you doing this? Here's another dollar. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> because of the dollars you're giving me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think um, I, I will say before we even, I guess, kind of get started in it. One of my biggest problems with these lyrics is just how simultaneously objectifying and belittling they are. Um, it's, it kind of walks this crazy line between like, you're a piece of meat and also knowing that there is this underbelly of, um, why are you wasting your life? Um, and trying to tell someone that like what they're doing is worthless. He's like, comes out as like this sideshow guy, but he's, he's ultimately like sort of a pimp, but a pimp with a conscience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really goofy. In uh, in true fashion of <clears throat> a lot of these dumb Wikipedia articles, this does go on to tell you that the song is performed in the key of A mixolydian <laughs> in common time with a tempo of 111 beats per minute and the group's vocals span from A3 to D5 in the song. Who needs to know that? I have no fucking clue. Wiki people. Wiki people. Wiki people. So... This is definitely one of their most commercial um, drummer, Prairie Prince, which is such an awesome name. Yeah. Uh, said, well, is. I guess you could say it was more commercial. I mean, it's not something that we never wanted to do in the past. It's just something that never really happened for us before. David Foster, we owe a lot to because he's got that ear for a hit. I would agree with him. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me, Mark, that maybe this was a band that we might have wanted to have gone and seen at, at, at the time. And we just dismissed them because of the shittiness of the song. Um, I, I, I'm kind of sad for them really, that this is probably the highlight of their career, knowing how much work that they put in. Uh, mm -hmm. and also one other thing, don't you think it might've been a more attractive song had it been called talk to a naked girl? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't I know if, the, it, I don't know if A and M records would have liked that. doesn't matter. Um, I'd take that out of the equation or capital. It would have been rather. a better song. I mean, it probably, I mean, it, not only would you have that titular title, but it's more open and honest. Well, you know, I always thought, okay, so two things. I always thought the lyric was, she's one in a million girl. Like, you know, like Superman. Yeah. I always thought it was, she's one in a million girl. I thought like, it was too. Like like her super superwoman name. Exactly. Um, And I also thought that that would, is probably going to be the song title. I, I, I feel like she's a beauty is such a weird, it seems kind of like a throwaway line in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure enough, here we are. It is. It's called it, it she's, is a throwaway she's a beauty. Line, of Let's um, do these lyrics, Mark. Let us, uh, yeah, let us do these lyrics. So we get our little guitar 
Um, well, first we get the little really pushing the eighties envelope. Yeah, we've got that going on. Um, and then you know we got the guitar track coming in, and then these lyrics: "Step right up, and don't be shy." Because you will not believe your eyes. She's right here, behind the glass. You're gonna like her, because she's got class. You can look inside another world. You get to talk to a pretty girl. She's everything you dream about. How do, how do, you, how do people... Um... When it, you know, if you were lucky enough to pay attention to the lyrics of this song when it first came out, and not be completely taken over lucky. by the '80s production that's going on, because let's face it, when I heard this song when I was a kid, I was just paying attention to the music and not the lyrics. How would you take it in the 1980s as opposed to today? You know, hearing about this woman behind glass. How, how would you? I don't know. Um, I, the idea that. She's right there behind the glass, and you're gonna like her because she's got class. Is uh, <clears throat> there's just something about sounds like a salesman. Oh well, for sure. Now the music video, once you see it, um, the music video uh, Fee Waybill is a carnival barker, mm. and um, we'll talk about the music video here in a bit because there's some there's definitely some interesting stuff going on. Unpacking that video, there's a lot to unpack. For a number of reasons, um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it, this view of a pretty girl being something that you're fortunate to get to talk to, um, and <laughs> her being behind glass like some kind of animal uh, is definitely kind of an unsettling. I, there's something about the whole idea behind this. Jesus, you hear me? <laughs> what was that? It's every time we talk about these songs, Seth, my stomach revolts. It's like some sort of industrial shit going on over there. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, uh, what, there, can I ask again? Sure. Is there something belittling about building a woman up or a person up so much to the point of where it seems like they're a commodity? Because that's what it feels like he's doing here. I mean, he, he's telling you she's you know worth... You know, you're not going to believe your eyes. She's right here behind the glass. It's obviously this carnival barker type situation. If it wasn't, even if the person was just sitting there building this person up, is there something that 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 makes it seem like all of a sudden he's commodifying her and it belittles her, even though he's saying such wonderful things? I I get that feeling. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's uh, it is. I would say maybe the most objectification that we've seen in this podcast maybe yeah that's and i you know i think it's trying to kind of running through my head i you you they kind of play it off as nice and it being good but i i just don't know if i buy it it's uh it's definitely weird um and and you know to say you can look inside another world like now Look, I'm I don't consider myself a 10 or anything. Um, I don't think that I'm the most attractive human being on the face of the planet. 
And I do realize that, you know, the difference between my experiences in the world and like a supermodel's experience in the world, especially a female supermodel, um, are are pretty different. Mm -hmm. Um, Would I pay a dollar to talk to one? I don't. I don't think so. Fuck I no. mean, <laughs> I've talked to some pretty, pretty attractive people in my life for free. Yeah. It's called just talking. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, <clears throat> it's, it's just a very weird feeling. It, it, the fact that he's just building this, obviously it's a girl up, um, to such a, a, a galactic degree, uh, is just, you have to remind yourself, it's just another fucking human being. Right. It's yeah. just that's all and, it is. It's another fucking human being. There's no, you know, take the mystery out of this because that's what that person would want. They would you would think that they would want you to see their authentic selves and not this uh carnival show. You know, and to to refer to her as you get to talk to a pretty girl. <laughs> I mean, like pretty is not really like a a good sales word. No. For now I know it's supposed to be you get to talk to a naked girl. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least say beautiful or at least a gorgeous girl or something like pretty is pretty low, pretty underhanded toss. Mark, you can make her feel OK. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, it's just. Yeah. 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 You can make her feel OK, yeah. um, even though she's everything you dream about. Yeah. Then we get our chorus. But don't fall in love. Oh, this is, this is... She's a beauty. She's one in a million girls. She's a beauty. Why would I lie? Why would I lie? Well, you'd lie because you're a salesperson. There you go. This this you've just hit the essence of this song. Yeah, the 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 why would I lie line I think really bugs me. It should. Every time, doesn't it send up a rad, red flag? A rad flag? I'm going to do it to myself here. Every single time. <laughs> Seth and I, and now, it's just, now it's just out in the open. Whenever one of us misspeaks, we have to try and get to the other one before we get to ourselves. Exactly. But it should always send up a rad flag to you that, that whenever anyone says, just trust me. Yeah. You know, it, Why it should. Why would I lie? Yeah. Okay, well. Just trust me. My hackles, Obviously, my hackles are up. Your sixth sense should be ringing hackle off the salute. fucking chart. Exactly. It's a 21 hackle salute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Immediately. Don't trust that person. Yeah. I mean, you know you've got trouble. Also, but Especially don't... a guy named Fee. Well, and you know, and and this song um, coming on the uh, heels of me telling the story about, um, or telling, you know, I guess not the story, but talking about the scene and adaptation... Mm. Where he says, mm. you know, you are what you love, not yeah. what loves you back. Absolutely. So it's it's funny that he says, don't fall in love. And it's like, well, I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> if, if I see someone who's attractive um, or whatever, I can fall in love with. It. I mean, I'm not going to become I shouldn't become obsessed with them. Maybe mm. I shouldn't like, you know, write him like a bunch of letters and try and like, you know, send him a mail bomb. So their love will forever be mine or something. He's speaking to the scarred here. He's speaking oh. to the experienced, I think, you know, like, don't fall in love. You've been through this before. This girl's so awesome and so hot, and she's got such awesome hoo-ha that you're just going to completely fall in love with her. Yeah. However, if she truly is one in a million, why the fuck wouldn't you fall in love with her? If she's that rare and unusual, right. you know, I mean, obviously, you'd, you'd want to fall in love. And maybe even, like you said, 
it, it is what you fall in love. I mean, you, you well, are what you fall in love. And with. let me ask you. I mean, let me just say that, like you know, if you know that there's a, a true worry about people falling in love with her, then why have her up there in the first place? Just find someone a little bit less attractive. <laughs> I'm sure people will still pay a dollar. Yeah, and they could be like, I mean, you know, you've gone from calling her pretty to she's a beauty. Uh, she's one in a million girls is the highest praise she gets. But even that, I mean, you have to believe to be a little bit hyperbolic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I can't imagine that you just happen to find the one woman in San Francisco that's willing to get one dollar per person to have a wall drop down around them. One in a million, you'd think she'd command a higher pay, a higher salary. And I mean, you? if this is yeah. And if this is like, you know, supposedly about the woman that fee talked to. Where he's you mean annoyed where he's sitting there saying you can be a dancer for the fucking tubes. It's like is one in a million girls going to be a dancer? I'd rather be in the booth, I think, to be a dancer for the fucking tubes. Can you sing? Not for you. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Are you serious right now? I I thought you wanted to save me, asshole. Yeah, Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, So then we get another little break. And then we get the second verse. You can say anything you like, but you can't touch the merchandise. She'll give you every penny's worth, but it will cost you a dollar first. You can step outside your little world. You can talk to a pretty girl. She's everything you dream about. You know, <sighs> this is the, when I was listening to the song on the way over here. This is where I had the biggest problem where we just discussed it a second ago. She's one in a million, yet she's only calling, you know, she she's only worth a dollar. I mean, a dollar, a fucking dollar. And, and every she'll give you every penny's worth. You're going to get 100 pennies worth of female entertainment for that minute and a half. I, I, it's it's so fucking I, I'm, stupid. I'm we, very I'm very happy that the tubes have really broken down capitalism for us. <laughs> She'll give you stuff once you give her money. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. Thanks for wasting my fucking life explaining how that goes down. <laughs> so she'll give you what you want, but you have to pay her. Yep. All right. <laughs> That's uh. Aside from like eating in a restaurant, <laughs> I think usually that's the way it works. Yes. It's not social services. But let's no. just, I mean, uh, you know, you can't touch the merchandise. Yep. I mean, yep, that, yep. <clears throat> does it get any more objectification than that? No, you're right. This is up at the top, man. I can't, I don't think I'll, this. And you can say anything you like, including do you could be a dancer for the tubes. Can you sing? Can you dance? Why are you doing this? This is like the Jonathan Freaks thing. <laughs> Kids questions your kid that kid asks you at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's just like here's here's this hot woman, and you can say anything you like, and what you choose to say, and what you choose to do. Can you help me load gear? <laughs> can you yeah. lift? How big of a speaker can you lift? <laughs> are you free Saturday? Are you good with lighting? Yeah. <laughs> Are you jealous around other girls? Can you handle 10 guys doing a costume change at once? <laughs> I bet you could. I mean, um, yeah. 
So, I mean, this whole fucking thing, thing is, is... I mean, he's sitting here trying to sell you on this woman, but we know that she's, you know, naked at this point. Do you really need to sell a naked girl? I don't know that he... I don't know that she ever gets naked. Does, I mean... Well, I mean, we know from the story... You're right, though. I mean, because he says that she keeps, like, leading you on and the, and the wall she's, keeps coming up. Now, to be honest with you, unlike Fee, I can tell you, I've never been to a peep show. I have been to one strip club in my life. Only one? Uh, only one. Wow. Um, because I always felt weird... Um, um, when I was younger, I always felt weird with the objectification of, of strip clubs. Now, now that I've grown up and I know more about sex workers and people being people wanting to do it, mm-hmm. which I hope fee fucking realizes that now right. since he's looking down his nose at someone who is doing something that they perhaps want to do. Right. Um, and I can't speak much for peep shows cause I, like I said, I've never been to one. Um, but you know, he's definitely looking like he's definitely looking down at her and what she has decided to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe she didn't like doing it. Maybe she did, but I, I think that it's <laughs> out of all the things you can ask a one in a million gorgeous girl is why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Why are you selling yourself so short? You're so pretty. Why are you doing this? I don't claim to be know the mind of a stripper or a girl that works in this situation, but I can pretty much guarantee you, one, they don't care what you fucking want to know in that regard. No. And two, it's none of your fucking business. Thank you. That, that, thank you, that. Okay. It is none of your fucking business. You know, if she didn't want to do it, she wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's your answer. You know, it, um... It reminds me of uh, there is a, a, a place around here, a venue called Ollie's that had a, a huge fundraiser. And there was one guy who popped in with like, you know, kind of this. Well, once I give you the money, what are you going to do with it? How is it? How are things going to get better? Why should I give you money? It's like, then just shut up and don't give anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Like you saw this, you heard this. Uh-huh. Somebody had the nerve to show up and do that. Yeah. I That's mean, on, online. I mean, we but, are in Florida. I mean. But you know, I mean, like oh, online, and, and oh. on and on one hand, I wow. understand what they're getting at. Like, I don't want to throw money toward the same problem unless things are going to get fixed. Uh, and I would say, if that is your concern, and I I think that is a somewhat valid concern, then you should just keep your money and, and your you mouth just, shut, and you just shut. You should just shut your mouth. Yeah. If you just want to help out because, because you're trying to be a good person, not your business. Then you should just help out because it's not your business. In this exactly. case, quite literally, not his business. Exactly. Um. So you know. The fact that he's got this, uh, you can ask anything you want, and the thing that I'm going to ask is a million and one questions about, um, you know, why you're doing this, and I can't touch the merchandise, a.k.a. a human being. And uh, the pre-course, you can step outside your little world. I mean, talk about being diminutive to the listener. It's like, hey, you fat, surrounded by only uggos. (laughs) Um, how about you actually talk to an attractive person? Right. I mean, I, I hang out with some attractive people. I, I, I've been around some attractive people in my life that, you know, I don't have to pay money to. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and, and San Francisco is filled with gorgeous people. I'm sure. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Like California in general. Oh, I mean, just, you know, 
hello. Hang a red sash over the whole state saying, you know, <laughs> come find beautiful people here. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, Florida's got its fair share, but imagine California. Absolutely. But he gets even more diminutive. And I don't want to go over the chorus, but the second chorus, uh, before we get into the guitar solo and shit, the second line is, because don't fall in love, because if you do, you'll find out she don't love you. Looking even more down on the listener. Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of telling us something we already know in regards to... You'd think a smart person would have been able to figure out by now. I don't know. Uh, this is uh, this is pretty weird. It gets to this at this point. Is it okay we go into the guitar solo right now? Sure. Because this guy really works the room with that fucking whammy bar. Dude. I mean, it was the 80s, baby. Oh, Jesus I mean, Christ. It's the so 80s stupid. were a very whammy, happy time. And then at the end of it, there's like this series of different sense sounds where they just play one repeating note. I think like maybe one or two bars bars is like do 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 you remember that? Uh-huh. Oh, it's really fucking strange. <laughs> Bridge is just step outside your world, and then a lot of, you know, don't fall in love. Yeah, and I mean, the choruses from there. Just there is an annotation at the love. very end. Try not to get too enamored by this woman, because it'll turn out she has no interest in you, blah, blah, blah. Just... And it'll br- it'll break your heart greatly. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I mean, you know, I, I don't know... <sighs> You know, there's lust and there's love. I don't know that you're going to see the most beautiful girl in the world and fall in love with them. I mean, you could, you know, fucking think they're attractive and, you know, get a boner or whatever. But are you like, like ready to marry them? I'm sure there are some people that would be. I'm not one of them. I'm not either. But I do believe, I guess I could put it this way. I believe in magic. I believe that there are. I do in a young girl's heart. Yeah, I believe. I believe in. Uh, like you could, you could see an extremely attractive person, and th- 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 their beauty can just be so mesmerizing. And it doesn't have to be classic beauty. It can be so mesmerizing that you just think to yourself, "I want to know everything about that person." And that's not love, Mark, but that is definitely. There's a level of, uh, I think, magic to that. That is uh, that's undeniable. You're you know just so taken with just the looks of a person, and it doesn't always like I said doesn't always have to be a classic version. And then um, I, I was in the grocery store the other day, very very plain looking girl. We're both sitting there in the produce aisle looking over avocados, and um, I just looked at her, didn't think much of it, just smiled, looked the other way. But then the 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 guy in the produce department came out and. He was like, I'm, he didn't say what she was looking for, but she asked him for something and he had looked for it and come back. And he said, I'm sorry, we don't have it. And she said, that's okay. It's quite all right. You know, I'm, I, you know, no loss. It's fine. And just the tone of her voice and mm-hmm. just the way she held herself talking to this person, I thought to myself, she's not a classic beauty, but extremely attractive. But she's a one in a million girl. She could be, you know. I mean, it's, she's I think beauty. That, that's awesome shit, you know. And why would I lie? Yeah, but... <laughs> Am I going to elevate her to the class of, you know, basically put her in a box? You know, am I going to do that? No, that's looking at her. I mean, even though you've put her up, you're actually putting them down because you're looking at them as less than a human. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think, you know, any famous or attractive person, but you hear a lot about famous people where they're just like, I want to just be able to go somewhere and be treated like a normal human being. Yeah. Not put inside a fucking glass cage and talked about common theme god the, the why would i lie thing yeah let's talk really, about this this uh, music really video bother, mark really bothers me uh so the music video is very very strange as mentioned before very um it is a carnival barker thing they originally wanted to have 
uh, a freak show theme uh, based on the film Freaks, which the the uh, record company was like, nope. They described it as, quote, too weird, end quote. And Jesus Christ, my burps. Um, And in the music video, when they're kind of going through the the fun house, um, you see some pictures of people. um, And I'm trying to think of what the proper terminology is for it. Um, but I believe they're known as as pinheads. Mm. Now, I, um, I, again, I, I know that that's probably a fucked up term for it. So I apologize. Uh, Schlitzy, born Simon Metz, was in the movie Freaks from 1932, an American sideshow, um, a cultural icon. You can plead not knowing on this one, Mark. Yeah. I didn't know either. I hadn't. I mean, I guess that's just the microcephaly. Microcephaly. Okay. Oh, became famous after uh, after Zika. Yes. Remember Zika, the the disease the, that you caught from mosquito apparently caused microcephaly in a lot of uh, mothers in the Caribbean worked its way to Florida. It's um. I don't know. It's disturbing, but they're human beings too. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and um, you know, and we live not that far from Jibtown, Gibsonton, where people like them do put themselves on display for money, and they don't seem to have a problem with it. So yeah. I don't know. Who am I to judge? Uh, I am. I'm not going to go back and edit myself saying uh, the other word that I used. I and if it, and if it, you know, I I I Dude. plead ignorance. Yeah. Um. However, so they do have like a freaks reference kind of in this music video. So the music video Let's get to the real disturbing part, Mark. I mean, well, there's a bunch of it. So the first thing I want to mention is that the music video is directed by Kenny Ortega, who <laughs> uh, was a choreographer for dirty dancing. Okay. And Ferris Bueller's day off uh-huh. and went on to direct high school musical and its sequels. I don't, I'm not, I'm disturbed by that. Mark. <laughs> it is very, very strange. Yeah. Um, they uh, had a bunch of ideas, like I mentioned, that were blocked from the record company, uh, like the Topless Mermaid. They do have a giant paper titty that someone drives through. No, no. We've left out an important part, and that's that at, at uh, maybe about a minute or less than a minute, 45 seconds into the video, there is a lark, a buggy, a scooter. Lark Davis. Lark Davis that is uh, transporting what looks like a pubescent boy and a dominatrix that locks herself over him a la the bar on a roller coaster and holds him in place as he spazzes out and they go on this freak show ride. I want to take a moment to let you know that, and this is not me policing you, but spaz is is a... uh, Is that a bad word? It is, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, just because it, it's short for spastic. Okay, I only say use that word because of the famous. You know what? The WFMU DJ Dave the Spaz. I, I you know, yeah, and I heard I mean, you say that, and I was like, well, that's the guy's name, so whatever. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, that word is used in um, word crimes by Weird Al. Oh, Weird Al, yeah. And a couple people kind of came down on him and said. You're right. I'm sorry. I did not know that. Now I know it. Okay. I know it now. So now you know it. This Except is, for this re- is, when referring to Dave, this is I an episode. Mind. This is an episode of learning. Yeah. You're also going to learn something else very interesting. Oh, no. That 13-year-old child is... Happened to be like Michael Keaton or something? No. Uh, born Robert Arquette, now Alexis Arquette. Oh, my God. No fucking... The sister wait, wait, wait. of Rosanna, Patricia, She's and dead. David Arquette. She's dead. She is dead. Yes. Died in 2016. That's right. Yep. Um, born in Los Angeles. So, um, wow, that is her, uh, as a young child. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. 
locked in by a very unusual dominatrix-looking character, <laughs> taken around through all these carnival scenes. At one point, Mark does talk about the cartoon boob, and as they approach it, he busts through, as the child, Alexis Arquette, busts through and pushes through it. It's very disturbing for some reason. I can't quite pinpoint why, but... It just that was like one of the more for some reason disturbing parts of the video to me, Mark. Yeah, Alexis Arquette. For those of you who don't know, was in Pulp Fiction, mm. um, was in Last Exit to Brooklyn, um, and crazy. also played the Boy George fanatic uh, George Stitzer in the Adam Sandler uh, film The Wedding Singer. Um, so definitely has been around and, and done a number mm. of things. Um, so the music video is basically, I. I I don't know exactly what's going on. The dominatrix woman is behind Alexis Arquette driving on this little buggy. And at one point they're kind of like driving through the band and the band is doing this thing where they're like jumping out of the way and doing a very bad job of acting like they're freaking out. They go through the giant paper titty. Um, and I, I don't know what is supposed to happen at the end, uh, but Alexis Arquette becomes an old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like like it's almost like a through, Richard Nixon mask. Yes, gets like they've gone her. through a time warp. Yeah, music videos back then were. so I feel you know the weird. most disturbing part of that video, Mark, is when they highlight the drums and you see that drummer kind of rub, rub his face, his hands with the sticks in his hands across his face, mm -hmm. and you see uh, acoustic drums in front of him, double bass. When you know in reality that those are electric drums you're hearing in the fucking song. Yeah, that's the most insulting part of this whole thing. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, the the i guess the guest ending what it what what i'm seeing on wikipedia is at the end of the video we see the boy exiting the ride aged to an old man the message apparently being the financial and emotional cost of falling in love huh. with but being unable to obtain his heart's desire it will make you old i don't know how in the fuck <laughs> you get that from uh, the music video but uh it's uh, apparently you do there's just also, if you ever had a view of what would the what what's your stereotypical '80s dress? If you were going to do that, you're going to an '80s party, and you need to know what to look like. Look at this video. Look at the tubes in this video, and and that'll tell you what you need to look like. Very loud colors, yeah. neon, big lapels, uh, clothes look plastic. Uh, it's really bad. It is very, very, very stupid. Mark, I went last week first in asking what the creep factor was for mm -hmm. um, Love Gun. Can you tell me what the creep factor is on this? I mean, I can tell you my opinion of what the creep factor is. Please. Um, I mean, not... Uh, yeah, it's kind of creepy. Um... I mean, it's uh, it's definitely. I know I, I've been using the word objectification a lot, but it definitely does some objectifying, and I don't know if it's supposed to be with some kind of like end game. Um, I'm just gonna give it like a four point five. That simple? That easy? I think so. I don't okay. know. Convince me. All right. I think that that's a. I, I'm I'm a little surprised. I'm not terribly. Um, I think that that's a justifiable score. Um, I'm not saying it's a one, right? Of course not. But it's not a nine. I would have been surprised by that, and I would have been surprised by that as well. Um, I thought it would have been a little bit higher for this reason. Um, nobody's getting hurt in it. Uh, it's not like you know, Love Gun, where it was obviously predatory. It's not like 
you know, a lot of the things that we've gone over in the last yeah. four months around here. Um, but it's definitely uh, suspect in the treatment and how you would approach another human being. Um, and yes, it's okay to use the word objectification as many times as you did because this is the episode where it's probably covered the most. And that's a scary thing um, because it's lessening another person, um, which ratchets up the creep factor and the fact that they're being used, um, you know, as a commodity. No, it's not a nine, um, but I give it a, a solid 5.7. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I have no uh, I have no qualms with that score. You want to get deep next week? Why not? No reason not to. We're going to talk about Zombie by the Cranberries. Oh, fuck me running, Mark. It's time. All right. It's time. Um, I, I, we need some... I can't say we're going to have a guest on this one. I feel like maybe we should get some written commentary from someone else. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss that with you later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is definitely going to be one of those uh, what it's about um, songs, because I don't know how much uh, people know about this subject, mm -hmm. but we've got... We've got an expert in the room. I am very, very, very well versed in this. I, I honestly plan on just sitting back and listening almost entirely. I don't want that to happen. <clears throat> well, I I'd, want your opinion. I'll, I'll try and I'll try and get some information. OK, um, but uh, yes, uh, yeah, but I do. I, before we go into it, let me just preface everything by saying that a fucking fantastic band. Oh, yeah. I mean, just absolutely beautiful voice. And a fantastic song. Uh, it's yeah. a good song. It's a good song. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a great song. I, I, I find that there are other songs that they did. Linger is fucking, is really oh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, Song to My Family is a really great song. Beautiful voice. Great band. Um, this song, Dreams. I've got some opinions on it. They're my opinions. Uh, nobody else has to share those opinions. Um, there are some things that I'd like to point out about it. I'm, I'm, we're going to get deep on that one. Yeah. We'll try and keep it as, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to edit myself. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if you don't know much about Irish history, uh, and you thought that this song was just about, I don't know, do me a favor, listener, go out and put into Google the troubles. There you go. Read a little bit. Come back, listen next week. Yep. Um, and, you know, also listen to uh, the song uh, Zombie by the Cranberries. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope that uh, you are telling at least two friends, as always, <laughs> and telling those friends, you know what? Tell two friends. I had a nice conversation with Keith and his girlfriend awesome. over a couple drinks on Saturday talking about Which the Keith? podcast. Keith Cute. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, letting him know and his, his girlfriend know what it is we do on this podcast and i was going through song after song and they were just like mind blown and she looked up our podcast right then and there wow and said i'm gonna listen to this because they were so blown away at what by what some of the songs were about and uh when i look back at the 135 episodes uh, you're right. that we've done um i'm you know i'm surprised i i look back and i go i can't believe we've done this much i'm proud of what we've done so am i yeah so am i how long will it last? How many songs are there we can do? Uh, the world only knows. We got a long list. But uh, we appreciate you listening. And we will be back, of course, again next Monday with yet another episode of Lyrics to Go.
turned off. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>